We have the latest on Jacob deGrom's status, and we'll take a look at some possible Red Sox and Mariners roster moves. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have but, not had uh, three cold brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, July 16th. I'm Al Melker, and I'm here with Michael Beller. And Michael, it seems that uh, lately uh, we've been in sort of full steam ahead mode. We've had so much news almost every day to catch up on now that the uh, preseason camps have, uh, you know, not only been underway, but we're you know about halfway through. Uh, but I saw a couple of updates that, that kind of gave me pause here. So one had to do with um, the District of Columbia and by extension, the Nationals. Uh, D.C. has extended their state of emergency all the way until October 9th. And then also there's the ongoing uh, issue with the Blue Jays. And I saw a report that they still do not have arrangements for for a home venue, even though opening day is uh, now uh, a week away. So uh, I don't know that there's anything actionable here for us. But, um, you know, it it just was a little bit of a wake up call, I guess, for me that, uh, you know, we're I think we're all kind of excited about the season starting and, and yet there's some big unanswered questions still. Yeah, it just drives home the fact that this is going to be a day by day season. It's the old sports cliche, right? We're just taking it one day at a time. Uh, it is not just a cliche this year. That is literally how we're going to have to do it and probably for all sports. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, but we will get on to the news here. And, and speaking of a day at a time, uh, a bit of a scare, Jacob deGrom leaving uh, an intra-squad game with the Mets with some back tightness. On Wednesday, he had an MRI. And, uh, you know, as you talked about, we're all day to day. And so is Jacob <laughs> deGrom. So his status, uh, I, you know, this is probably good news. Uh, you're never quite sure what day to day really means. But um, the, that MRI didn't turn up anything that was concerning. So uh, I actually got a Twitter question on Wednesday, which I think is the, you know, the one that a lot of people are asking, which is, could you still take Jacob deGrom or should you still take Jacob deGrom with a first round pick? I said yes. And that was even before hearing the MRI results. Obviously, if the results had been worse, I would have had a different answer. But, uh, you know, I think when you you go down the rankings and you're going from him down to Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, you know, maybe it just puts him in a, a, you know, a similar risk category or certainly no worse of a risk category than either of those two pitchers. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I have been on the DeGrom as the number one pitcher train since last year. Um, I had him as the number one pitcher last year. I had him as the number one pitcher this year. Garrett Cole obviously was excellent and belongs in the conversation. Uh, but sometimes I think we have a tendency to overthink things. Jacob DeGrom has won two consecutive Cy Young awards. Maybe he doesn't have that start-for-start strikeout upside that Garrett Cole does, right? Every time Garrett Cole takes the ball, he might strike out 18 guys. That's not really going to be DeGrom's game. He can maybe do that, get up to that level every once in a while, not the same consistency as Cole, but everything else in his game, to me, he's the better pitcher. Uh, This is good news for sure. I would still take Jacob Jacob DeGrom exactly where I would have taken him before he suffered this little mini setback. Yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, um, I really should have thought about in that context, knowing you're a DeGrom as number one guy, uh, that maybe this could have been a tiebreaker. But I guess it's not even a tie for you, right? So uh, he just maintains the status. So I will say this. I will say this really quick. It's more that 
I'm not drafting, right? Like Garrett Cole is since July, he is the number five player off the board uh, by ADP in NFBC leagues. I'm not putting uh, DeGrom up at five and Cole at six. It's more that I'm dropping Cole down to DeGrom's territory where DeGrom is nine and I would take Cole, you know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. I'm not saying that these are guys who I'd be taking over hitters at all, but I do think DeGrom is the number one pitcher. All right. All right. Well, uh, you know, fair enough. And, uh, you know, certainly that answers uh, the question, I think, for a lot of people that that have drafts coming up very soon, how to deal with uh, DeGrom. Uh, we have some some good news for uh, Nationals fans and fans of Juan Soto and Victor Robles uh, that those two players are expected to be back by Thursday. Uh, that coming via tweet from uh, the Athletics Bridger Rolly. So that's certainly good news. Um, obviously, less good news. Uh, from Red Sox camp, Eduardo Rodriguez, Josh Taylor, and Darwinson Hernandez have all been placed on the COVID uh, injured list. So, you know, there have been a lot of situations where players have been placed on, on the IL and we haven't really gotten details and it's not really fair to assume. But uh, that has been clarified that those players are uh, dealing with a positive COVID test. And, you know, in the case of, um, you know, we talked about this on Wednesday show, DVR and I, that, um, you know, players like Charlie Blackman coming back, uh, you know, we might have assumed the worst there, but, uh, you know, there's still a possibility Charlie Blackman could be ready for opening day. You know, meanwhile, Freddie Freeman is still out. Scott Kingery is back, but he is still dealing with some issues uh, with his breathing. So there, there's just no way to really, I think, know what this means for uh, these players that go on the I.L., yeah, agree with you completely. Um, it's going to be one of the unknowns of this season. And obviously, this should go without saying, but I'll say it anyways. We care about these guys being healthy humans first and foremost. So obviously, our best to Eduardo Rodriguez, Josh Taylor, Darwinson Hernandez, everyone else dealing with this. And they can worry about the baseball later. That's right. So, um, you know, we just, yeah, we hope that this is a situation where uh, it's no symptoms or, or very, very mild symptoms, and hopefully not even that. So... Uh, in the meanwhile, the Red Sox are trying to deal with, uh, filling the rotation vacancy that for the time being is left by Eduardo Rodriguez. And they are, as of this recording, reportedly close to an agreement with Zach Godley. Now, Zach Godley was let go by the Tigers. He did not have a good 2019 season, spent mostly with Arizona, uh, but a little bit of time in the Blue Jays bullpen overall, a 597 ERA in 2019, but as we've done with other players, Michael, I look back, you know, if a player had an off 2019. How did they do in 2018? Because sometimes players have off years. And on the surface, it looks like Godley's just on this downward trend. He had a 474 ERA in 2018. But his FIP, as, and we've talked about, FIP is a you know, pretty reliable estimator. He had a 382 FIP uh, just two seasons ago. And it's not really clear what happened last year. It seemed to be that his curveball just wasn't as effective doesn't seem to be a velocity issue. Maybe it was a location issue. Is that something that you'd be willing to take a flyer on and, and see uh, Zach Godley get back to being mixed league relevant? I don't think so. I was never a big fan of him before the uh, before the down year last year. Just in 92 innings, we should say that too. Maybe if he would have been able to pitch the 150, 170 that we'd seen him get to in his previous two years with the Diamondbacks, that he would have been able to even things out a little bit. Uh, but I was never a big fan before. And you point to the FIP from 2018 and it's a point well taken and you know that I am a FIP fan but 
It's not as though 382 is this world-beating FIP either. Sure, it's way better than the 474 ERA he had and much better than the 597 ERA he had last year, but it's not as though we can point to 382 whip or FIP, excuse me, and say, "See, he is getting very unlucky." We could say he's getting mildly unlucky. And so you combine that with the stuff overall, with the fact that he is on this downward trend over the last couple of years, the fact that he really only had one strong season to his name, that coming back in 2017, I'll let someone else take that gamble. Yeah, I, I'll I'll take it, but I think we're talking about at the absolute shallowest of 15-team league and probably in, in the reserve rounds at that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, frankly, realistically, you know, looking at my schedule, I mean, I'm, I'm probably actually looking at this more as a fab play in deeper leagues. And it's, you know, it's gambling that whatever was wrong with him in 2019 can be fixed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it remains to be seen. Also remains to be seen how quickly Eduardo Rodriguez comes back because maybe Godley winds up filling uh, uh, kind of a piggyback role. So, you know, there's obviously a lot of uh, question marks at this point with that whole Red Sox uh, situation, including the bullpen, too. I mean, those are two key members of their bullpen. Uh, and bullpen depth is, right. is going to be something that obviously be very, very important for any team. We've got a couple of news items regarding the Mariners. This one I think is really interesting and coming from a piece uh, in MLB.com from Greg Johns that uh, the Mariners certainly have reason to think about expediting the uh, promotion of Jared Kelnick. Uh, He had a two-homer intra-squad game this week, and uh, he's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. But the Mariners overall, they want to take a cautious approach. But, you know, like every team has with their top prospects this year, particularly their ones that are close to major league ready, uh, you know, there's no minor league. So do they just maybe push a player a little bit faster than they normally would to get some major league exposure just to promote their their development? Or do they not take the risk that maybe that's that's detrimental to their development? So that, that's the situation that the Mariners are in with Kelnick. So they're trying to be cautious, but they have not ruled out that he could play in the majors at some point in 2020. So is this the type of prospect that you think is worth stashing uh, that you either pick up in an upcoming draft or you, you make a target in that first round of, of fab and um, you you just uh, stash him until possibly he comes up this year. I think you do. I mean, I really think you have to, I think that they would be foolish to not have him debut at some point this season. And frankly, to have him not debut at some point where he gets a good chunk of a major league season under his belt this year. Look, I don't run the Mariners front office. I can't say exactly what they're going to do. I am not the owner of the Seattle Mariners. I cannot say uh, how much they uh, are going to value saving some money and maybe saving a year of service time with Kelnick. So I'm not even going to speculate on that. But just looking at it from a pure baseball standpoint we are talking about a guy who was the sixth overall pick just a couple of years ago has succeeded at basically every single level of the minors that he has played at last year in double a just a taste of it uh, hit only 253 with the 315 obp but slug 542 six homers in 92 played appearances and he hasn't appeared above double a so yeah i understand that they do have potentially some baseball reasons they could point to to not get him up in the majors this year but man if i'm looking at it and i say Uh, The risk of promoting him too early is that he gets exposed too early and we mess with his mental state. Uh, The risk of not promoting him, when could be seen as too early, is that he goes a full year, uh, at least, maybe probably a little bit more than a year, uh, without having any real competition 
whatsoever. I'm assuming that he was, you know, participating in some of those spring training games, of course. So if you just date it to the last spring training game he was in up to the first one he would participate in in 2021, we're talking about a full year there. And even that is not the highest of high competition. So I think that that is a much greater risk when you're talking about a prospect like uh, Jared Kelnick. So I think the Mariners should be leaning toward getting him some good playing time this year. And if we're going to follow that train of logic, then to me, he becomes a prospect worth stashing in fantasy leagues. All right. And uh, another note out of Mariners camp, Yoshihisa Hirano uh, has been placed on the injured list. Uh, He is the only player at this point who has not reported to camp there's no reason disclosed so as i just sent uh you know so i just said a little bit earlier in the show uh, we're not even going to uh get in the business here of speculating what that might mean but uh what it it may mean in terms of uh, the roster and pitcher usage is that we may need to be looking at other pitchers to uh to get saves and back in spring training scott service uh he had said that he wasn't necessarily going to go with the single single closer early on, but basically looking for somebody who could take that job and run with it. Hirano would have been a key a key candidate uh, certainly to do that. Maybe he still will, uh, but I don't think I made any secret of it on past episodes that I really like Austin Adams. I think he's got the best skill set in that bullpen, and uh, this really just sort of makes me uh, even a little bit more interested in making sure I can get Adams wherever he may be available. I think Adams is a good bet. I, I think it's really him or Eric Swanson. And uh, I think the only reason Swanson is even in the discussion potentially is the fact that he's the youngest guy there, right? Even in a 60-game season, the Mariners don't expect to compete this season or we shouldn't expect the Mariners to compete this season. And then, hey, it's just a 60-game season. Please, please, God, let this be true one time. Next year, we're going back to 162. And the Mariners probably aren't going to compete over a 162-game season in 2021 either. So, Uh, To me, Swanson enters the discussion because let's see what we've got out of him in this 60-game season, and then maybe we have a piece going forward. But I agree with you that Adams has the best stuff, has the best closer profile in that bullpen, so I'm with you on him being the guy who I would bet on first. If anyone is going to lock down this closer's role and be the guy who has the clear majority of saves or save opportunities, I would bet on Adams being that guy. All right, well, um, and Adams, I'm I'm a little bit of a... uh... A teaser here, I guess. I'm looking at the just-released reliever rankings on The Athletic from Nando DeFino, and he's got Adam 74th, which seems about right to me, uh, yeah. but he's got uh, Carl Edwards considerably higher. So maybe that's another name to, to consider as well. Hey, but man. Nando... I'm a Cubs yep. fan. You can probably, the, the listeners can't see this, but you and I are doing this on Zoom. We're only recording the audio, but you can probably see a few Cubs things behind me. I will always love Carl Edwards for the huge part of the team he was in 2016, but that is a roller coaster I don't think Seattle wants to jump on this season. All right. Well, you and Nando may have to hash that out on the uh, Fancy Baseball podcast then because Nando's not here. Plus, we're almost out of time. Uh, But uh, do check out Nando's rankings. He went deep, folks. He went really deep with these 121 relievers deep. And, uh, you know, I think appropriately so because relievers are going to, I think, play a really important role in fantasy and a broader range of relievers are in this uh, 60-game season. So uh, do... Give that uh, a read on The Athletic, Nando DeFino, uh, ranking the top 121 relief pitchers for the 2020 season. And that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we will return right here on Friday. Mm-hmm.